When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We do have a listener here, Miguel in Studio City. Miguel, appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you were listening the entire time because to come out to Harris SoCal and to stay in Travis's room and they have hang a lazy out with river him, there. Yep, and, and, and Travis will bed. guide your raft yes, he will gently get. through the river. Yep. Miguel, I'm going to ask you one question, buddy, from uh, the show earlier. Um, what movie did Emily watch last night? Do you remember? It was Signs by Emlong Shamlam the Ding Dong. Kind of correct. The director was kind of there. You got the movie right. Great director. The movie's right. That's no, no, important. the director was right. The movie was wrong. But if you get the director, that works. Uh, Miguel, you got, some, you got some time next week to come hang out with uh, myself, Travis, and the rest of the crew? I got some sick days coming up. Why not? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right, so... <coughs> Next Friday, <laughs> stay on the line here, buddy. We're, we'll uh, look forward to uh, hanging out with you and a couple of the other listeners over at Harris Resort SoCal. All right, bud? My impression. Miguel awesome. Thank you, guys. Work. All right, man. Thank you. No, I heard it. I was just trying to finish. <laughs> Can't come in. Can't come in today. I actually forgot which movie it was. I was like, oh, God, I hope he says it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come back. You were giving away that prize. He was yeah. going. No matter. You could have said, said Toy Story 4. And I'm You're like, there. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. This is huge. This is huge. You have that kind of power. What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're no, talking like about. Like, you, you, you can, like, if you say mm-hmm. you win. Yeah, that, that part's Emily's true. Emily's not going to be like, no, it's going to. No, he doesn't. Yeah, there's no, nobody's like going to interrupt you, that. Right, you win, you win. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Um, by the way, we did this a little bit last week. How awkward was, and I want to take a couple quotes because we didn't get a chance to do this earlier in the week. You had the trade deadline coming up. Of course, the uh, the news, um, the sad news about Vince Scully, 94 years old. The legend passes away, and we spent most of the show yesterday obviously just um, playing some old clips, listening to listeners. And you could feel free to still do so if you'd like to, 877-710-ESPN. Um, Pac-12 Media Day last week. I'm going to read off a couple quotes here from Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, which is their transfer quarterback, came in the transfer portal. Um, Pac-12 Media Friday last week, Lincoln Riley for his expectations for the season. He said to win the championship. The reality, if there's no pressure, then you probably don't have the same opportunities as others do. The opportunity is if you do it well, anything is possible. This is one of those places. This is one of those programs. Frankly, this is one of those cities that if you do it well here, the sky's the absolute limit. I believe it's there for our football team. Uh, He said, my expectations are extremely high. I mean, again, this is a go-for-it kind of place. So I don't know how you feel about this, but since Lincoln Riley was announced as the new head coach of the football program, you're like, wow, okay, well, SC's not messing around. I mean, there's a very small handful of names in the college football world that you say that coach's name, and you're like, if he's running whatever program it is, 
That's real deal. Probably going to be good, yeah. And the fact that he's going to run USC with the resources that they have and obviously the history that they have, uh, I know it's not in the SEC, nor does it have to be. USC has always been um, one of the prestigious football programs in college football. It's interesting to see from that moment to where we sit today, they have not played one game. Mm-hmm. Yet I do feel his quote and kind of the expectations around USC, there's a hype around them that probably, listen, might be overblown. If they went 9-3 and three this year and they won the Pac-12 but were nowhere in that kind of conversation to go be in that college football the the Which is what it would playoff. be. That schedule, if you lose two or three games, they're not, they're not even in the – Agreed. But, but zip code. But nine and three compared to, and I don't, I, I don't know, they're playing twelve games, thirteen games here. Nine and three compared to what they've been in mm-hmm. the past, I think would be a fantastic jump. What are proper expectations for yeah, the do, for for do USC? Still, do we still carry their games? We do not. Okay. Yeah. I I don't I don't pay attention to like where I don't know enough to know like they've got this guy coming in. I know they've got like, a bunch of transfers that they really like and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but nobody but does. Like, it's kind of blind for everybody right now. They haven't the played point. a game together. And I think that's really the point here because what what I think Lincoln Riley is doing, you know, is not raising expectations to the point like, you know, they think they they're going to contend for a national title. There's Plashke has a Bill Plashke at the Times has a column about this and like Oh my God! What is Lincoln Riley doing? And there's he, does, a line he doesn't that, like the expectations he's setting. It was just like, oh, you know, the, the, has there? I, the Bill's point is like, has there ever been a more confident group elevating expectations and haven't w- took in, a snap in, like, for no reason, like without without anything to back it up? Kind of overpromise, underdeliver. Yeah, but what mm-hmm. I think Lincoln Riley is doing here is there's a line in that story where he talks about culture. It's like this: we're building a culture here. And the culture, I think, that they're trying to recreate and reestablish is we win every game. We are going to win championships. We're going to put the resources to it. We're going to get the best players. We're going to – and I'm not saying that's what, you know, Clay Helton didn't say. But, like, nobody believed it when it was coming out of Clay Helton's mouth. And nobody believed it was going to happen. And the, the, the university was having problems. And this, to me, is, is resetting the program – for the next like three years so that when they go to the big 10 mm. and they got to start playing you know saturdays and michigan, 12 degree weather Penn in michigan yep. and all, that they'll be on that footing because they're not there yet and honestly their schedule this year is so weak emily was showing yeah. this to me before the show oh, yeah like it's so bad if they lose a game they're out of the you know they're out of the national title conversation you know if they can even get themselves into it i just the, i don't i don't think he's if people say, oh, we Lincoln Riley raised expectations way past, what is he doing? None of this is about this year. This is about reframing the program and how it thinks of itself. Because let's be honest, mm-hmm. last few seasons, nobody's really thought of USC as a championship caliber program. Bro, nobody's paying attention to them. That's why I asked to see, make sure I didn't know we were still broadcasting their games. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and this is what it – listen, for me, I don't have a problem with it. I think it does – you do shift the attention. It, let me use as an example. Dave Roberts, before the season started, said that we're going to win a World Series. I think it was on Dan Patrick's show. Right. Or something. That's the expectation. We're, we're going to win a World mm-hmm. Series. And But let me kind of frame this. The Dodgers have the best record in Major League Baseball. Is that a surprise to you? No. Coming into the season? Not at all. N- not at all, right? They, they – that – 
Dave Roberts saying we're going to win a World Series. It's not guaranteed to happen. It's not that any they could lose against the Milwaukee Brewers or the Mets or the Cardinals or the Padres. We know that that can happen, and we've seen it happen plenty of times before in their postseason run that they had. But they're also favorites to win the whole thing. We've seen at least a couple years with with the core of these players for the most part. Mm-hmm. So you have kind of a you have some receipts here of what it looks like. The Lincoln Riley thing with USC, what what kind of throws me off? It's like we we have we have yet to see any iteration of what this is. I think that, listen, I, I think they're going to be good. I think the vibe's going to be great at the Coliseum. I think it's going to be great talking about USC football on this radio station because you feel like you actually have some real football to talk about. And we've kind of had that loss for X amount of years. Um, I think for the city, it's going to be great. But I also have zero idea of what to expect when the season oh, starts. I, simply and because I'm not of that. sure he does. But I, 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 I kind of like what you're referring to. Ta- of this is a is setup for the next the couple standard. of years. He is reestablishing the standard. Is this team going to meet that standard? Probably not. I mean, again, there are many people out there who know better than I do what's yeah. on that roster, how good this transfer quarterback is, and and all this stuff. Like what what this means when people transfer here and all that. Like, there are people out there who get that. But all I'm saying is, I don't think he knows whether they're going to meet the standard. And obviously, he cares, but I don't think he cares. The point is to reset the standard and and get everyone thinking in a way and behaving in a way and doing things. I mean, like the problem with the Lakers, for example, mm-hmm. is they say our expectation every year is a championship. And I believe them. I think that's what they're trying to think. They're tra- we talked about this earlier in the show. They're yeah. trying to win. But are they handling every detail? Are they doing all the little things? Are they, are they, is everyone inside the organization behaving in a way and doing things in a way that ultimately makes that possible? And I think the answer with the Lakers is no. That's, one, that's something that they have to fix. USC, clearly the answer has been no for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what Riley is doing is trying to change that so that he everybody understands what the new standard is. And it might take a year. It might take two. Maybe they'll be really good this year. I don't mm-hmm. know. But the point is, you will get back to the – because they can't win until they fix all that other stuff. And that's what he's saying. Well, th- this is – if you're asking me what would be a – just as a very, very casual outsider fan, what would be the expectation this year, to be honest with you, BK? They just need to get back in the conversation in Los Angeles. They haven't been in the conversation no. in L.A. What do we talk about in a day? You know, you, you you play the hits. That's kind of the concept with it. We're talking Lakers. We're talking Dodgers. Now, it's different with the Lakers. Even when they're bad, it's a, it's it's a, a storyline. Yeah. It's a conversation, everything else. Angels, we talked a lot about this year, and it was for all negative reasons. The only time USC has been brought up, over these last couple of years, it's been, what are they doing? What the hell happened to USC? I, I look at them well, this start way. By, Alan, start by getting people to show back. Uh, well, the, get the, that's get the, the point. students to show back up at the games. Expectations, I would say, is people are talking about you again. Mm-hmm. You're filling up the Coliseum again. You have some exciting games. You're in the kind of, hey, they have a chance to win the Pac-12. Just be in that dialogue and then wherever it goes. Yet? Like, do, is that a thing yet? Yeah, like, they do. Are they ranked, USC? I don't know where they're ranked. I think they're actually. I think coming in, I'm Googling. I, are they top fifteen, something like that? I don't know. All right. I well, mean that that could change it. Like if you think yep. they are, if 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 the the world already thinks they're a top fifteen team, well that's that's a different deal. 
Um, all right, the Dodgers are playing the uh, final game here uh, coming up at 1245, another half hour. They got a game here against the San Francisco Giants. I want to spend some time talking about the Dodgers when we come back. Uh, as this team is constructed, trade deadline is now obviously in the rearview mirror. What do you think of this Dodgers team? Um, we obviously know what their expectations are. That that part is uh, that part is easy. And then I think tomorrow is going to be kind of an interesting. Let's just put it this way: it's a lot more interesting that three game set they got coming up against the Padres than it was a couple days ago. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here, uh, Travis and Sleeva Show, seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, Taylor, when are you going to, when do you actually leave to Alaska? After the show tomorrow. After the show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. What row are you in? I haven't checked actually. I should I should look at that. How badass is that? This guy's going to Alaska. Nice. You're going I mean, to Seattle, man. It's halfway to <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> Seattle's great. I love Seattle. Taylor will be on the same flight. <laughs> Just I wish. I'm, what's I'm, what's I'm the? Let me see where I'm at. What's the what's the game plan? So what do you get, give us some details? Of what you're gonna do out in Alaska? Okay, so my aunt actually lives in Anchorage, mm-hmm. and my dad lives in Minnesota. I haven't I haven't seen him for a while, so he's gonna fly up there from Minnesota. Just going to meet and hang at my aunt's house. She's going to show us around, going to see some glaciers. How cool is that? Going to a music festival. Uh, Salmon Fest, it's called. It's put on by the Inuit tribe. So, that was Sleeva's other nickname in high school. Yep. Salmon Fest? Salmon Fest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. But you got uh, a lot of unknowns. You got, her, you got her good, bro. Yeah. It's the last frontier, so I'm going to see what it's all about. You got uh, to see those glaciers while you can, too. Melted yeah, by the minute. deadline on that. I know. Um, and where, where, give us some details glaciers. where you're going. You're gone all next week too, right? Yeah, so I'm going to be uh, in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It's going to be very humid, very hot, very sticky. Um, but my family's all there. So um, we, my aunt and uncle have a house in Hilton Head, and they've had it, and I've gone to Hilton Head like my entire life every summer. Hmm. And But it's like an interesting collection of my family that's going to be here this weekend or next week. It's going to be me and my one sister, Claire, that a couple of our listeners met. So we'll meet Claire at the Mandy's. At the Mandy's. Yeah. Uh, and then it'll be my mom. And then my other sisters aren't coming because they have school. And my dad isn't coming because he also is a teacher and he has school. So it's me and my older sister and my mom. And half then my family. Yeah, half of the family and then my cousins on like one side. It's like one collection of cousins. And then my the people who own the house only like one of their sons. So it's going to be an odd collection of family groups that are going to be there. Everybody you vibe well with or eh? Um, 
I vibe well with my sister so and my marks. mom, and but it's going to be potentially. Uh, there could I could, I could see some blowups. This sounds to me <laughs> like you're this you're talking about the cousins. No, these are the weird. These are the weird cousins. I'm not these talking the, about the cousins. The, the cousins from give the... their give their first and last <laughs> name and their Twitter handle. I'm yeah. talking about potential blowups of like in laws. Mm. And things like that that have happened in the past, or like political fights that might happen. Those kind of things happen with my when my cousins meet with some of my older uh, aunts and uncles, which is interesting. But my my goal for the week is to not build my phone pretty much at all, read three books, okay. and sit on the ocean. And I I re- I go through books like no one's business when I'm in Hilton Head, so it's gonna be fun. All right, quick question on the whole phone thing. We you have been known to. Yeah, spend a little time on TikTok and yeah, a couple of, of these other platforms. How do you do when it's when you tell yourself, "Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to look at my phone the least amount as possible." How do you do in that? So I, when I go to the beach, I leave my phone at the house. So uh, it's it's walking distance to the beach. So like, if I'm at the beach for like eight hours, nice. I'm gonna be, be nice. uh, without my phone. Okay. Yeah, no, eight it, hours, it's nice. That's solid. Yeah, yeah, me and my family go out from like nine a.m. to five p.m. typically when we go to the beach. No sunscreen. No, 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 we are here to turn. Are, on, are, no sunscreen. Yeah. Are you uh, are you a, a safe in the sun kind of person? Oh, you, you're I am. Not, I am not, a. You're a fair skinned. I am a very sunscreen heavy person. I encourage everybody around me to wear sunscreen. No, I just like reapply all the time. And okay. so when I coach kids on water polo, I'm always like like spraying down these kids because they never want to wear any or like. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's something I pack. I almost. <laughs> she sprays every time I come in. She sprays, sprays Travis you. and I down before we start the show. I that's do it all sun, the that's, that's not sunscreen because of the lights. <laughs> but I um I last time I flew, I forgot that I had a full bottle of sunscreen in my bag that was trying to go through security, and I had to throw out a whole bottle of sunscreen. And that oh, that was is just the, that not stuff's fun. too expensive to just. I chuck. know, but yeah. I I. What else am I supposed to do? You just put it on my body? I forgot right. that it was my Buy bag. Buy a piece of yes. luggage for just that. You know what? 50 I am, bucks? I am, <laughs> I am going to apply all of this sunscreen to myself now. So I do. I'm good and for all, the rest And of all week. of you around me in the in the airport. Yeah, it was way too expensive. <laughs> where we, where your sun exposure is admittedly low, but I'm going to, everyone is going to get sunscreen now. That's what I would have done. Yeah, Are I you, uh, BK, any trips coming up? Going anywhere? No, or, uh, kids got school next. Week. I mean, I, we did a we did a trip earlier in the in you the go? summer. Went to Denver. Okay. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. You Sunshine State, there. gorgeous. Um, <laughs> and uh, now we have next week. My kids are going to soccer camp. Um, and then we have a soccer tournament in Orange County, uh, and school starts. All right, so we got uh, Charlie Marquez. Says CBS has USC football ranked number twelve in the preseason. You had mentioned that as well. So SC's, you're in the mix. I mean, that's obviously. It's not like they're coming in unranked or anything like that. Um, Dodgers got a game coming up here. By the way, did you see yesterday Miguel Vargas, who comes up, makes his major league debut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's almost kind of ridiculous here. But take a listen to this. This is Miguel Vargas in the first inning making his, or I, I don't know if it's the first inning, but he's making his debut for the Dodgers. Second inning, actually. Goes uh, two for four, ends up with two RBIs. Dodgers obviously taking on the Giants. I mentioned they got a game coming up here at twelve forty-five. This will be the final game uh, of this set against the um, against the Giants. They've won all three of their games so far. Obviously, the Dodgers. We, we've talked about just how great they are. They're seventy and thirty-three, have the best record in Major League Baseball, and it doesn't look like they're going to slow down. 
this week was interesting because trade deadline came and there were three teams that were supposedly in the mix for Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. It was the Cardinals, it was the Padres, and it was the Los Angeles Dodgers. I got to be honest, I, I didn't think he was going to go to the, uh, to the Padres. I really didn't. And I, I think that probably has more to do with, I, let's use last year as an example. Rosenthal had put out that tweet saying that looks like Scherzer is going to become a San Diego Padre. And then I, we don't know the details of it. Dodgers obviously end up with him. They end up with Trey Turner. And they made a move that I, I don't know if they had to make that move this year. I don't feel like they needed to. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of Dodger fans saying, wait a minute here. You're not guaranteed anything once postseason comes. Right. If you can go get a, a yeah. player for three more postseasons, have Juan Soto on your team, then go do what you have to do. But they're also a team that's not desperate to go make a move. Like, I didn't feel like there was an uproar. Like, it wasn't, oh, my God. There have been seasons where it's like, oh, my God. Like, how can you possibly sit by and do nothing? Mm-hmm. I didn't get that vibe this year. I feel like it was more like, oh, okay, well, they didn't do anything. Like, that's just weird because the Dodgers always seem to do something. They have prospects. They always seem to do some. And Soto's out there. The Dodgers could pay him. It's sure. like, there's just, just that the natural The All-Star assumption. game was here in L.A., and they're chanting future Dodger. Like, right. There, there just, was some stuff within the last couple of weeks here. Like, hey, maybe this guy's going to end I up. I think there. it's just the assumption. And the Padres... I think people still think of them like when Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers. It's not exactly the same because, you know, L.A. market, San Diego market, whatever. Like it took people even like he's the richest owner in American team sports. Like he's over a hundred billion gobs and gobs and gobs of money. But it still took people a little while to be like, oh, Clippers are spending like the Clippers are throwing money everywhere. And I I feel like San Diego, I don't know the guy's name. Ballmer is 90 billion. That's pretty good. You thought it was a hundred. I did think it was a hundred. Well, I think no. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I think his net worth went down a little bit over these last couple of months. Maybe he just lost whatever stock, the Microsoft thing. Maybe it went down. Maybe it was over a hundred at one point. But make the point you were making. I was like going to say, do you guys think that it's not as big of a deal because they are? 12, 11 and a half games above the Padres. If this was a close race like it was last year and they lost one soda to the Padres, do we think that we'd be this comfortable with what happened? not well two things no because you put yourself in a one and done situation if you're a wild card team that's gone this year so i mean the dodgers are gonna have to obviously yep. going to make the playoffs they are mm-hmm. obviously going to host a, a you know an opening playoff series so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff there's no danger um of having you know some crazy 100 win season fall down on you know random wild card stuff um I just, I also think too, it's, I, I would love to know what San Diego gave up relative to what like the Washington was asking of the Dodgers. Because, you know, it was pretty good. Everything I've read, like, you know, yes, San Diego got a ton in this trade, but Washington got some good Supposedly players, they good prospects. Like, a haul. Take, yeah. I'll take their word for it. But that doesn't mean that the haul, like, you can, as a Dodger fan, kind of match up this prospect to that prospect. But that doesn't mean that's what was Washington was asking for. Like, they might have been asking for two or three guys that you're not willing to give up. The Cardinals have a guy in their pro- in their system that they were 100% not going to give up for anyone, including Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they want Vargas, who you know, rocketed up 
you know, lists this year. And then this guy, and then they got the pitcher that they, I mean, the Dodgers have a lot of, when you have that many really good prospects, well, teams I, often will ask for more from you mm-hmm. than they will from other teams who have fewer than them. I, I will say this. If the price tag to go get Juan Soto, I'm going to go back to this, and I think this is what the Padres are depending on. The Padres are depending on, there's no guarantee the Padres, and Peter Seidler is the owner of the, the Padres. Yeah, he's a wealthy dude, and he's after it. Okay, he, he's after it, 100%. And you know who probably sets that bar? It's because the Dodgers, you're in the same division with them. You don't have a choice if you want to compete mm-hmm. to be after it. And he obviously is all in, and he's got the Padres all in. Um, but the way I kind of the way I look at it, if the cost of Juan Soto, for example, was some of your young prospects that you have, and maybe it was going to also take, you got to give them one of your – it's got to be a Gavin Lux, or it had mm-hmm. to be maybe a Dustin May, or something along those lines. The Dodgers doesn't it feel like they have enough stuff, and that they have not cashed in enough over the last ten years. That maybe it's worth the risk of saying we got the best player, one of the best players in baseball. And I don't think anybody can really argue that in Juan Soto. Right. I think there One was guy a said, little surprise. I, I forget who wrote it at The Athletic, and I apologize. It might have been The Athletic. It might have been The Ringer. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto is the best tra- player to ever be traded. Right. Like at and that, like and, and that, it's because of his age and that right. he's still under control for two and a half years. That, that to me, is, is one of those things you look at and you go, okay, there may be something there about that. But Does it, does it make let, – let me ask you this question. Does it make base, – Baseball is not a game where one guy – Sure. Does like, you know, there is, if you think three or four of these prospects are going to, and you already have a lineup that sure. has the it's best ridiculous. run differential yeah. it's in, in baseball, baseball, despite, yeah. you know, Turner slumping and Muncie sitting 160. And like, there's, there are holes here. And it's, mm-hmm. and yet they are still putting up big numbers. If you already have that and you can feed that depth over and over and over again, using it selectively to get other people. I I think it's okay. I think it is okay to say, you know what, this deal is one where the asking price was too high. And you we're know, gonna say do you no. know do you know why I think there is no there isn't an uproar when it comes to what the Dodgers are doing or why the front office didn't go get Juan Soto? I think there's just an incredible amount of trust yep. in the Dodgers front office yeah. and the Do- Dodgers organization. Now, do I think tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow this three game set. I think it does make that matchup between the Dodgers and the Padres very interesting, right? Like I think for the first time, the the Padres. You had mentioned you had kind of an example of the Clippers. I'll give you my best version of the uh, of the Padres. Until you actually make noise, it's really tough to take that team seriously. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they can't potentially make noise or that they won't make noise this upcoming postseason, but. You remember a couple years ago, this was during the uh, during the um, the 60-game season. Padres and the Dodgers faced each other, and the Padres got swept. Dodgers swept the Padres. Mm-hmm. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs, and here we are this season. It's really hard to take teams seriously until they do something. And there's, and there's a reputational thing, and the Padres aren't this bad. But, like, if I told you, look, look, Sacramento Kings, Alan, have made all kinds of moves this offseason. They have been good. They look good. They're drafting this and that. Whatever. They do look good. 
<laughs> settle. Could they be competent? Yes, actually. I mean, I, I didn't even. I just looked into Taylor's eyes because he is a Sacramento Kings fan, and the fact that all the teams you can choose from farm people, all the teams, all the different sports that you can choose from that you went after the Sacramento Kings. But it's not like, cool, bro. If you if you told me that like they made a bunch of like, if, yeah. let's say they did what like Minnesota did, where like okay, you know, well, we got to take them seriously. They're still in the back of your mind going. Until you show me you're of not course. the Kings. Absolutely. I'm not, no, I'm, the I'm Padres with you on have that. a little bit of that on them. They do. And yeah. and the only way you take that off is you have you success win. in the playoffs. Yeah. That's not something that they've had. Uh, Three-game set starts tomorrow between the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, it, it, here, obviously, uh, in L.A. And they still got one more game. Kershaw's on the mound. Uh, first pitch coming here in about the next 15 minutes. Dodgers will finish off this uh, series against the Giants and potentially sweep them. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects small businesses with affordable coverage options. Quote today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Uh, let's take a quick call here. Neil in San Juan Capistrano wants to be a part of uh, Travis and Sleeve Show. What's going on, Neil? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Hey, question for you. Uh, LeBron's obviously going into his extension. Why would he, being a billionaire, not take less so that we can create more? I uh, appreciate you calling in. BK, you want to start off with that one? I got, I got some theories behind that. Um, I think the, the biggest one is LeBron has made a – LeBron spent uh, the front end of his career mm-hmm. um, kind of doing that and never really like being the highest-paid player on his team and all that kind of stuff. Remember in said, Miami, they were all yeah. – yeah. He has said uh, that he's not doing that anymore, uh, that he believes he should be paid his value. Um I don't think it's totally impossible mm-hmm. that he would do that. You know, leave, do the Harden thing where you leave fifteen million on the table or something like that. To, to the Lakers need a lot though. If he's if he, to make that make a difference, it's not leaving three million on the table. It's leaving fifteen or eighteen a season for this to really play out well for the Lakers. But I, I just think he, he believes he should be paid his value, and he is LeBron James. You know what's tough about a guy like Bron? is it's easy to say, and I'm not, listen, Neil's point of it'd be great if he can help the team out, mm-hmm. that, that sounds all fantastic. The problem with a guy like LeBron, if you get paid $47 million because you got a, I'm sorry, $97 million because you got a two-year extension, mm-hmm. that 97 is so undervaluing what he's actually worth to the Los Angeles Lakers and really to the NBA. Mm-hmm. How many games last year? Lakers had at least 40 games that were televised between ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You play 82 games a year. You call that the Wenyan-Gabriel effect. Yes. Play 82 games a year. You got half of your games that are nationally televised. I get the whole, hey, just make a couple, make a little bit less here, a little bit less there. Hey, you're worth a billion dollars. But at the same time, it's like this guy, even if he's getting paid $45 million a year, that's not his value. It's only because there's a salary cap. Right. There's only because you can only make so much money that that's what you're It's also at. not his job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it is, you know, for all the talk, you know, James Harden left some money on the table. Part of the reason Harden well, is in hope, the situation. I hope Ron leaves money on the be great. table. But part of the reason Harden, for example, is, is in that because he hadn't played well. Like the idea that yeah. you're just going to, like, give him – a max, you know, $300 million to James Harden in his 30s is is absurd. And so that matters. I if if you if the Lakers could show LeBron a path to where they could fully rebuild this roster or something, 
with you know the, the you know the with the 15 million that he could leave on the table maybe that you know right now if you have lebron and ad on this roster next year i think the number is alan you i'm sure you've seen it was about 25 million that they'd have so, so to get to a full max guy that you'd be like woo difference maker third yeah. star whatever yeah. got to find another 15 16 million dollars i'm not really sure it's lebron's job to do that for him you see this um corner league sources Lakers head coach Darvin Ham will have more power to bench Westbrook down the stretch of games. Um, former head coach Frank Vogel did so a few times, obviously, last year. Uh, that could eventually extend to removing Westbrook from the starting lineup as well. This was a report that came out. I, I just want to kind of want to hit on this real quick because I, I think we've had so many different conversations this offseason about Russ and trading Russ and when he's gone, if he's gone. There's also the possibility that Russ' training camp starts mm-hmm. end of September, preseason starts in early October, and Russ is on your roster. That's not oh, a. I think there's a really good chance. So, with that in mind, what do you make of this report of the Darvin Ham would have more power to bench Russ? Now, keep keep this in mind. Whatever Vogel was going through last year, Vogel was you always felt like he was on the hot seat. Number one, number two. Russ, it was the first year that he was a part of the Lakers, so you're, at least from a, a power perspective, Frank didn't really have that much power. Now, maybe you could say, well, if you're going to get fired, you might as well do it your way mm-hmm. and kind of take it from that approach. Darvin Ham's coming into a situation where he's going to be the brand-new face of the Lakers as a head coach. He's got a four-year contract under his belt. Russ is on an expiring contract. What do you make of that report? I, I think people, and I've seen a lot of you know people tweeting us at Cam Brothers asking kind of that question, like, wait, was it's a little easy to misinterpret the language here. And I think it was Jovan uh, Buha, the athletic, who the wrote athletic. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people, a lot of things that have been written that saying that Frank was actually one of the people who was resistant to taking Westbrook out of the lineup uh, moving and changing his role really drastically, whatever it is, um, that he had the ability to bench Russ, so to speak, if he wanted to, and that Frank really wanted to keep him in, you know, thought it was best to keep him in the lineup. That could be spin. That can come from people, you know, sure, the front sure. office defending themselves. Hey, he can do whatever he wants. He has... Power in this case is what you referenced at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It is, I am going to be here for five years. You are gone after this season, yeah. no matter what happens, mm-hmm. there is a, I think, Maybe pretty even much before the season ends, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty functionally a 0% chance that the Lakers would re sign Westbrook to any number after this. You know, it would take something so out of left field in terms of how this year plays out, right. For that to be a thing. So, and if you don't like it and it gets really bad, we will just tell you to go home. Yep. So, Ham has the ability to do things. That Vogel didn't because Ham's got five years, Russ has one, and Russ is the one here who kind of needs to figure out his career path for the rest of his. You think he would do it? Yeah. You think if if and I, I know what you're saying. And listen, here's the reality: if he's going to, he's got to also show some value this upcoming season for himself, sure. just because contract will end this year. What's the future going to look like for him? Do you think he can be that player that, hey, whatever whatever you guys, you want me coming off the bench? Absolutely no problem. Guys, let me just try to figure this out because i got to figure it out for my career as well. It was funny. I, was at, I did a Spectrum TV, the Lakers, a place where Alan Sliwa frequently appears. Not, not Television's frequently. Alan not Sliwa. Um, and they asked this question, like, yeah. you know, role player that, you know, Darvin Ham can have the most influence on. I said, like, look, you got it. 
got to work with me here a little bit. But let's imagine a universe in which the answer to that question is Russell Westbrook. Where all this stuff that Darwin has been talking about, about, we need you to cut hard, aggressive defense, to the point of that, all of these things, which quite frankly, Russ has never done over the, his entire sure, career. Sure. It's not his strength. It's yeah. not his jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say that this is a thing that you could, like, somewhere on Earth 11, like, that this happens. Like, that not only makes a difference for the Lakers this year and turns Westbrook into a much more functional player that can fit better and helps him on the floor. Like fans got to understand you might not like Russell Westbrook. He's still at worst, your fifth best player at worst. He's Mm -hmm. still probably your third. I mean, we all love Kendrick Nunn or whatever, but Russ ain't that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there, there is a, you know, it's easy for us to say like, well, that makes the most sense because if Russ is thinking about the rest of his career, this is the move. Like, it's, self-awareness has never been a real strength of Westbrook, and it's never been a strength. Usually it takes – look, Carmelo Anthony yeah, disappeared from the league for Takes a, a second. Dwight Howard was out of the league. If DeMarcus Cousins doesn't mm. hurt himself, mm. Dwight Howard may never have been on another NBA team. Mm. So, like, when you, Dwight came back and re- – because he almost was out of the league. Yep. Carmelo and what did he was come back out at? of the league. These guys are coming back at the minimum. Right. And they're, right? And they're, they're not coming, coming back, back at 40 they plus million. Humbled in what, sure. It is hard sure. to. Vince Carter kind of made that transition, mm-hmm. but most guys, it takes something big. And if Russ, you know, you think the same about Kyrie. Like, yeah. I'm be on my best behavior this year. Mm-hmm. I got to reform him. Some guys understand it, some guys don't. I, I, I don't think. The, the, the the other problem is I don't know if Russ can do the things that, yeah. that Ham wants him to do. That's mm-hmm. a separate question from willingness, which is what you were asking about. I don't think it'll be that easy, and I think if it starts off okay, I don't think it'll end well, but who knows? Dodgers are about to uh, take on the Giants. Trying to sweep the Giants. They've already won seven games in a row. They have a 20-game-plus lead on the Giants in the division. Ah! Uh, the dump coming up next. Plus, we got Super Crosstalk. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. All right, BK, what did you think the patch on the jersey for Vin Scully? And we were trying to come up with some ideas earlier, maybe something they could do at Dodger Stadium, um, something on top of what's already there. And I, I mentioned this, I mentioned actually off air, and maybe there's something like this. There's at Peckle Park down in San Diego, there's kind of like just a little Hall of Fame. Um, you got like Tony Gwynn in there, Trevor mm-hmm. Hoffman, some of the greats who played for the Padres. Chicken. And that's right, the chicken. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, can you do something? And this is a, um, you know, window windows all around, doors that you have to open to get in. So you're not interrupting the experience of an actual baseball game. And I'm thinking in my head, you can do something like that for Vince Scully at Dodger Stadium and have something when you walk in and all you're hearing is there's some TVs that are on. Mm-hmm. You're hearing calls, kind of the iconic calls or interviews that Vince Scully's doing with others. I don't know what they're going to do, but um, love, obviously, the, the patch on the jersey. Of course, that's, that's a no-brainer. But I'm really curious to, do, curious to see if, if they do something on top of that for Vin that will always be there. And I want to hear him. I want to see him. And I think a lot of people would. It'd be it's cool a cool idea. Like, like I was listening to – I heard an interview with Jessica Mendoza. Uh, you know, does calls baseball for ESPN, does a great job. Um, and she mentioned, like, she uses Vin as, like, a stress reliever. 
Hmm. Like she, Vin, old Vin Scully calls are her calm app. Like, so what you're talking about is kind of an interesting idea, like this place where you could go and you could hear him and, and all of a sudden just sort of take in baseball that way. Because it is hard. Like, y- you know, we don't, that's, that doesn't exist. We don't consume sports in the same way that would allow a Vin Scully to be as prominent. You know, Joe Davis is a great job. He could call games, Dodgers games for 30, no, the next 30 years. Um, but it still won't hit the same way because we don't all sit in front of our radios. We have some we watch on YouTube. We watch here. We, That's right. So it just it, it, you can't even recreate that. No, anymore. you cannot. So like to create something where you get a feel for just that thing, and plus, just relax. Like I, they should just pump Vin into like the spa. Like when you go there, <laughs> like there's just the room that smells like lavender. This is at Dodger Stadium. There's going to be people I, in a or, spa. Or like, you know, not Williams-Sonoma. That's where you go get like kitchen stuff. But like what's the name of the place where I buy my wife gift cards? Crate and Barrel? No, for for massages like, and stuff. Oh, uh, name, I don't know. Name one of them places. Massage I'm trying MB? to think too. Maybe. The Now? Sh- maybe. That's not where no, but sure. I don't but like, know. Vin's like, could you be... just like fill a room with lavender, sure, and Vin? <laughs> I did not know that's where you like, were just going. Like, I feel like that would be really soothing, though. Calling it, it's, well, a, it's well, a game from two thousand and three. We had, we had You're people just sitting there zenning out. We had with, people with that, that were calling in yesterday, and that was kind of a lot of the conversation. Is what you're talking about? You're sitting on a couch. You're in your living room. You're kicking back. You're chilling, and it was Vin. Burke that Williams was talking to you. That's what I was thinking of. That's what you were thinking yeah. of. Um, slam ball is coming back. You in? Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. If you have, if you Did don't you know a, what slam ball is, gro- you got to go back. It is grotesquely violent. Do your kids have a trampoline at home? No. Did you ever buy them one or anything no, like that? Andy used to have one. Is that not seem like that to me? I was. We never owned one, and I. You know, I've been on a trampoline, but that's not something that I'm excited to do. I feel like that's just an injury waiting to happen anytime I step foot on it. Slam ball is that's a dangerous sport, my brother. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching it. Yeah. Not and, a lot. And of it, they, but... they need to make sure like it is it is borderline irresponsible yeah, I know. to bring it back. So I'm here for it. Then they put the nets around the trampoline, like that's gonna I, I... All of it. Yeah. All of it. Do you ever do that when you're a kid with a with the trampoline and you put the basketball hoop next to it? No. I had some friends that did that. It's a, it's a riot. Good time. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that's an interesting one to do. Um, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Came out on this day in 2005. Emma, I almost feel like I just got to turn to you and you and I, I should it. reminisce. I <laughs> I love It's Always Sunny. It's one thing that I, I go back to all the time. It's, your your it's, favorite character on the show, is it Charlie? Uh, I would say Charlie, Charlie or Frank. Charlie okay. or Frank. Um, I, uh, my, so my sister um, is... Uh, Dating this guy named Daniel, and so you know they may get engaged soon. She's we were oh, talking about their 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 bachelor, um, her bachelorette, mm-hmm. and she wants us all to do different versions of a Danny or a Daniel. So she assigned me Danny DeVito. So I'm gonna have to be dressed up like Danny DeVito, going out in Orlando, Florida, for her bachelorette party. BK, do you ever you ever watch uh, It's Always Sunny? Oh, all the time. Oh, so okay, it's so you're funny. you're in with me. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, no. It's... I thought I thought it was just Em and I were gonna connect because. I don't think Trav watches it or nah. never really paid too much attention to it. Uh, that show kills me. It's so funny. That show is freaking hilarious. And it's still hilarious. funny. Each time. 
I have, you know, it's funny. I I haven't really seen much of the new stuff over the last couple of years. Is the new stuff hang with some of the old stuff? It, it's still funny. It's not nearly as funny as some of like their their most raw stuff. How many seasons have they been on now? Like 15, 16. Yeah. It's insane. It's incredibly yeah. long running. And they also have like only like eight episodes a season. Like they don't really do that many episodes per yeah. season because they're all kind of busy doing their own projects. But big fan. They do. Uh, I don't know if you ever watch their bloopers. You just go on YouTube and watch their. Mm. Just stuff that they screw up on. This is what you're doing on YouTube. Charlie I, I Charlie kills me. I mean, everything that dude does kills me. Um, on this day, 2006, Talladega Nights came out. It's funny. When we when we started, when uh, Winning Time started, I was like, how am I going to take John C. Riley? How am I going to like see him in a different light from watching Step Brothers or Talladega Nights or one of these? Uh, yeah, he changed that opinion here pretty quick. He's, yeah, he's he was, a really no, good he was actor. great. He's phenomenal. He was great. Actor. All right, super cross talk. Woo, 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 woo. Let's go. Have you guys have you guys seen Talladega Nights? Yeah, I know you. I'm gonna kill you oh. like a spider monkey. Love that the way, movie. Both my sons, Walker and <laughs> Texas Ranger. Okay, is that is not is that not one of the movies that if it's on a TBS or a TNT or yes. whatever it's on, yeah, and there's commercials playing. You just don't care. Yeah, You're just awesome. like, yeah, this works. The old drunken dad, Gary Cole, plays that role. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's such a funny-ass movie. And Sasha Baron Cohen is just like Great. ridiculously weird in that movie. It's yeah. aw- awesome. Awesome. How many alarms does Emily have? She's got like six 11 alarms to get to work in yep. the morning. What the hell like are you six. doing? She's an well, alarmist. I just have to, I have a couple that are warning shots. One that's like, okay, stop, get, get off, like get off. Emily, shot. why don't you just put your phone on the other side of the room so you have to get out of bed and eh, just. It's too, it's too no, much see, she is, she's got like a warning shot. Like the first one, you don't really have to get up. Then a second one goes off. Then apparently you have to wake up. And, and then, then I sit in bed and I go on TikTok. TikTok, right. And then I have an, a thing, okay, stop getting on TikTok, now TikTok. get up. Yeah, then, and then now make your breakfast. Now get all your clothes on, and now get out the door. Did, what, why don't you have like one alarm like a normal person? And it's just put it up. Up. put don't it on the other side of the room that that would require you to get up, walk, and then you're up. Jonah, it also tells you like what time it is, and so you can figure out where to go and what to do, do based on this thing called a clock. Now, <laughs> what do you, do you hit the snooze? I know, I'm not a snooze no. guy. Not a snooze yeah, I guy. Hit it. No. John, I know you're no. you're, you're I'm up yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're, you're up so, you're an hour before your alarm goes off. Right. Awake. Normally. Uh Emily, read the poll. Where are we on that poll? What is the All poll? Right, the so, poll is the yeah. alien poll. Yeah, right? who's the who's most likely to be an extraterrestrial in disguise at seven ten? So we got Travis, Scott, Steve Mason, and Chris Morales. The person in the lead is Steve Mason at 44.2%. Yeah. Closely behind is Scott Kaplan with 357 It would be one of those two for me. I'm, Travis, back in, the, back in the pack, huh? I'm part of a strange uh, uh, life form that eats dinner in bed. Yeah. That smokes a lot of weed. I love that. Yesterday, I said I to Mason. I feel like those two things are related, by the way. We should replay the interview we did with Vince Scully in 2016. And Mason said, we've never had Vince Scully on the show. And he does this all the I time. I didn't remember. I honestly did. I'm so glad. And by the way, here's here's the advantage I have. I listened to it, and it was like hearing it for the first time. <laughs> I didn't even know what I. One had. time I talked about the the number like, of times that's a great we had question, Kim <laughs> Kardashian on the show, and Mason goes, "We've never had Kim Kardashian on the show." And we played an inter- a clip back where he's talking to her. Still didn't. Remember. I still think it was. I, I, my it was fav- fancy editing. My yeah. favorite thing about Mason interviews is before he ever has it's a big one. He's always going to talk about how he's going to hold their feet to the fire. How he's going to make people. Did you? Since when do did I you, say I'm going to hold you, people's oh, feet to the fire? Oh, every single time, like. 
Rob Palinka, Jeannie Buss, they're going to come on the show, oh, and I'm going to wow. ask them you know all the hard their, questions. Their feet is are that on what you fire. did? You they hold Vin Scully's the... feet to the fire? <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> about the great Vin Scully. How was uh, how was the show yesterday with all the calls and the memories? One of the best and... shows we've ever. You know, seriously, it's one of those shows that you'll remember because it happened. It's a little bit like. The Tommy Lasorda show where we really got to celebrate the life of Tommy Lasorda. We got to celebrate the life of Vince Scully. Uh, unbelievably uh, cool. And, you know, I think generally it's not a it, like with Lasorda. It's not a super sad thing because, you know, lived, lived a great life. Absolutely. Lives 94 years accomplished old. lives yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but but sad to see him go. And uh, but left us clearly no matter what channel you turn to yesterday. There were Ben Scully tributes. I mean, he left his mark in this uh, in this town.